This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 79 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Back on Track with the generous support of Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show this Thanksgiving week, which features an exclusive interview with Hilda Gurney as part of our Inspirational People series. But before we hear from Hilda, we have some product reminders from our sponsors. There's a company that we just love that offers products to improve lifestyle and mobility, and they have been the mainstay in European therapeutic therapies for many years. Plus, they are used and endorsed by many of the top dressage, eventing, and show-jumping riders worldwide. We are talking about back on track, of course. If you're looking for a quality holiday gift for any horse lover that will truly benefit their horse, then look no further than any of Back on Track's products, including exercise boots, bell boots, saddle pads, sheets, and so much more. You can find all of their products at BackOnTrackProducts.com. That's BackOnTrackProducts.com. Or give them a call at 888-758-9836. That's 888-758-9836. Hi, everyone. Glenn the Geek here. Kentucky Performance Products has become a favorite of many listeners of the Horse Radio Network. They have a product that we want you to consider called Contribute. Take a listen to Episode 14 of the Tack and Habit Radio Show, and you will hear a complete discussion on this product with Delia from Kentucky Performance Products. Contribute is the omega-3 fatty acid supplement that is so important to your horse's well-being. Contribute helps maintain soundness and longevity by protecting joints from damaging inflammation and sustains a strong immune response in horses of all ages. Learn all about omega-3 and 6 fatty acids and why they are so important by listening in at TackAndHabit.com, episode 14, or go to KPPUSA.com for more information. That's KPPUSA.com. We've been speaking a whole lot in recent weeks about looking to equestrian collections for all of your fall and winter needs. They have all the top brands in winter wear for you and your horse. Well, in addition to winter, believe it or not, it is now November and time to start thinking about holiday gift giving. There's no better place to find those equestrian gift ideas than at Equestrian Collections. They have thousands of choices for all of your gift-giving needs at some fantastic prices. Whether it is for that guy, girl, or equine in your life, you will find it all at EquestrianCollections.com. Get that holiday shopping started early at EquestrianCollections.com. Well, as part of our continuing series of inspirational people this week, we are going to be featuring a doyen of the sport. So let's welcome her to the show. Hilda Carolyn Gurney was born September 10th, 1943 in Los Angeles, California. She is an internationally renowned rider, trainer, instructor, breeder, judge, public speaker and committee leader. Hilda won a team bronze medal at the 1976 Montreal Olympic Games riding Keene an individual gold and silver and three team gold medals at the Pan American Games, as well as six U.S. Equestrian Team National Grand Prix Championships and 15 U.S. Dressage Federation Horse of the Year titles. In 1984, Hilda returned to the Olympic arena, this time in front of her home crowd, to ride Keane again, who had recovered from a debilitating condition that threatened his career. 
The pair also won the American Horse Shows Association and the U.S. Equestrian Team's Grand Prix Championship in 1984. In 2007, Hilda was inducted into the USDF Hall of Fame. She is an International Equestrian Federation eye judge and large R dressage sport horse breeding judge. She was the U.S. Dressage Federation Sport Horse Committee chairperson from 1997 to 2002 and has served on the U.S. Equestrian Federation Dressage Committee for many years. Hilda received the 1977 Martini and Rossi AHSA Horsewoman of the Year Award. Her Olympic partner Keane was later inducted into the U.S. Dressage Federation Hall of Fame. Hilda was the co-founder of the California Dressage Association. She lives on her farm in Moore Park, California. Well, Hilda, welcome to Inspirational People, and thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. Thank you. Well, I'd like to begin, Hilda, as as you are such an inspirational person, as a teacher, as an educator, a competitor, and a judge, and of course so many things as a community leader and committee leader, so many roles you have, have lived and acted in your life. I'd like to begin, if we can, with the early beginnings and, and how you were prepared for life by your parents and their values. Uh, well, I grew up, I'm the youngest of five children, and I was born during World War II, and um, my other siblings are quite a bit older than I. And my parents, when I grew up, moved out, quote-unquote, in the sticks, which at that time was the sticks, but it's uh, San Fernando Valley. Right now it's all high-rises. But anyway, we had uh, a farm, and during the war we had to raise our own food with... Um, Three of the children were teenagers, of my siblings were teenagers, and so we had cows and, and uh, pigs and chickens. I had to feed the chickens, take care of the chickens as soon as I could walk, practically. Because <laughs> we had to raise, with uh, all these teenagers and the ration points in the war, we had to raise everything. And so I was always in animals, and we had a... a I fell in love with horses, actually, at the age of three. There was a Indian right down the street who plowed his, uh, Indian from India, who plowed his fields with a horse and a plow, and that was the first horse I ever sat on. His name was Pete, big bay draft horse. And my father was an airline pilot, and uh, both my brothers grew up to be pilots, and I learned to fly, but I never... I was always the one that sat on the bench because I was a girl. But uh, with horses, I'm quite satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> what was your family's reaction to your lifestyle with horses, Hilda? Oh, being the youngest of five and being that all my siblings have had multitudinous children, um, you know, I sort of went on my own. I mean, I they made a rule when I went to college that if I... They wanted, if I wanted them to pay for college, I would have to sell the horse. Well, I didn't sell the horse, and I just worked three jobs and worked my way through college. And I finished college, and I got a job teaching uh, school in Watts, right after the Watts riots that year. And I learned a lot because I hadn't been exposed to any of that kind of language at all. And... Uh, I learned a lot there, and I actually enjoyed it. I loved the children, and so full of them and vigor and life and everything so tough down there. So um, 
by then I was into horses. I got a horse. My first horse when I was 14, and I was kind of lucky that way because um, at that time, <laughs> I mean, it's all high rises now, but at that time, West Hills Hunt Club was located next door. And I got some riding lessons there when I was little. And then um, when I got my horse, of course, I was much very influenced by our neighbor who was the master of the hunt. And he would take me, my horse with his horse, and we'd go hunting on the weekends. So I started out riding on the fox hunt, literally. So that was sort of fun. And where was home for you at that time, and where were you educated? Um, I went to school in the valley, in the San Fernando Valley. I went to uh, Woodland Hills Elementary and received a junior high in high school. And then I got my B.A. from Cal State Northridge. And then I also got uh, two teaching credentials, one for elementary and one for special education at Cal State. Were you a willing scholar who appreciated the benefits of a good education? And, and how do you reflect on that time of your life? Well, I was always busy because um, during high school and junior high, I got my horse when I was 14, my first horse. And, of course, I was very involved with the horse, and I was very involved also with music because I played the French horn and the piano at that time, and school. So that kept me pretty busy. And um, same in high school, it's the same. And I, I rode pretty, I had a pretty spirited horse. I won the um, Wolfer Cup with that horse later. I won both the intermediate and the advanced three-day championships in the United States on that horse. It's a really nice horse. It looks thoroughbred about off the track. Called Flag's Elf. And he was a pistol. He was a double, a double cross to man of war. It took me seven years to get him to walk after I cantered. I was always happy that Josiah's test had to walk before the canter. <laughs> when he cantered after the canter, we couldn't walk. He was really hot. But he'd jump anything. He'd point him and he'd jump. And he jumped carefully. And um, I didn't know anything about Josiah's at that time. I just, you know, jumped. And, and um, then in college, I taught hunt seat at, for Bill Herring, and then I just taught riding at Pinecrest Elementary Schools, and then I also got a job training horses for Onondaga Riding Club, which later became Foxfield. And so I held those three jobs and went to college. So I was very busy. Which of your teachers, then, have most influenced your life? Well, I've had a lot of really good teachers, and I think they've all influenced my life. Um, our neighbor's name was George Burns. He wasn't the actor. He was just uh, a man called George Burns who was master of the hunt. Of course, he's the one that gave me my initial writing. And then um, then I started taking went to the horse shows, the hunt seat shows with my horse, and looked the kind of riding I liked, and I saw the... The girls from Onondaga do so well at the show. So I worked with Nancy Postel, Nancy Turrell and Joanne Postel at, um, I twitch trailered my horse, kept my horse at home, but I trailered him into Onondaga for several years during high school. And then in college, I worked for them full time. And I kept my horse at Onondaga until I graduated from college. And of course, they had a huge influence on my riding. And I became a graduate from Onondaga. And that's also where, 
and later on Foxfield because they moved over and started their own place, which is called Foxfield Riding Club in Westlake Village, and, and still is. And um, I was a graduate there, and that's when I went into eventing. And um, and I brought the horse back home, and I ta- started teaching school because I didn't have any time. I was commuting from Woodland Hills down to Watts, which is quite a drive on the other side of Los Angeles. So I put, and by then I had a second horse called Did It, and I drove between the commute and riding the horses at home. Um, I, I couldn't keep them anymore at riding school. I had to keep them at home. And then that's when I started doing the eventing. And one, and I, and we had a lot of kids in the neighborhood that rode. Brian Sable, who was a top event rider and uh, a very good event coach to this day, and Laurie Salvo Doyle, who's a Grand Prix rider, um, and Jackie Lindbergh, who's a judge and a Grand Prix rider. Laurie's also a judge. They were all in my neighborhood, and I started the Woodland Hills Pony Club. And um, I wanted to keep the kids riding well, so I started teaching all the kids. And I had arenas, made arenas. Brian and I used to build jumps on the weekends and uh, dig the arena and get the sand to stay soft because we didn't have a tractor. And um, then also... uh, well, I was competing in eventing at that time. And I rode in a um, event up at Pebble Beach, and Podiski was the judge. And he gave me three tens on my event horse. And so I sort of thought, wow, that's pretty something. And so I started looking more into dressage, even though I still evented, and um, got more interested in dressage and decided to go back during uh, that time of teaching school, I wanted to learn more about dressage, and I would actually drive up from Southern California to Northern California and watch Podoski give Cura Downton lessons on weekends, especially during summer vacation. And then I wanted to learn more, and it wasn't, except for Cura, who didn't teach, there wasn't really any dressage in California. So I trailered my horses to Saratoga Springs, to the um, Skidmore College, with the American Dressage Institute that Miggy Sorrell uh, started at that time. And I worked with Hans, who was from this area, Hans Mueller and Franz Rohovansky and uh, some of the other Europeans that they brought in with my two event horses. And I learned a lot there. And then I talked Franz Rohovansky into coming back to California for clinics. So he, he was a huge influence. And also Colonel Youngquist was there. And so I got introduced to him, and we got him to come in for clinics. And we started getting a little group in dressage, and we founded the California Dressage Society. I was one of the founders of that. And then I also founded the Los Angeles chapter and ran that the first five years. And we started really getting a, uh interest going in dressage, which was wonderful. So what was pivotal at that time in your life, Hilda, to, to make that switch from eventing to dressage? When I won the Wolfer Cup, um, Charlie Plum broke his neck and was a quadriplegic from then on. Another girl in the um, preliminary division also broke her neck, but she wasn't paralyzed. Brian Sable, my student, won the intermediate division at the same, and he's fine. He won it on his horse, but... 
um, you know, you're there for the grace of God, go I, you know. All you have to, Charlie's horse simply slipped on some ice plant. And um, fell on him and made him a quadriplegic. And also, it was real hard on the horses. My event horse was old at that time. He was already 14. I bought him as a three-year-old off the track. Flags elf. But he was getting old. And, you know, the venting was really, really hard on the horses. And so I started gravitating. I had shown him, like, just a couple weeks before I did the event, I had shown him at Intermediate One in Dressage. And also, um, after I got those tents in Podolsky, I, I did some clinics with him, too. And I went back to the American Dressage Institute also at that time. And so I just started gravitating more. And, and um, I went to the Olympics to watch in 68. Boy, that's a long time ago, wasn't it? In 68, I went to the Olympics. One of my students had a house in um, Mexico, so I had a place to stay. Cause I, you know, I was a school teacher and supporting my horses. So. It's always, I've always worked my own way through everything. And um, I watched the Olympics and saw the kind of horses they used. And then when I came home, I started looking for a young horse because Flag was old. And um, I went around all the thoroughbred farms, and I stumbled into Keene, who was too big to fit into the starting gate. And I bought Keene and um, started training him. I vented him also. He won the uh, training level at Ramcap. But then doing that, he landed bad off a trickner fence and pulled a check ligament a little bit. And so I had to stop jumping him. And by the time I got him, he was fine as long as I didn't jump him. He just went sore if I jumped him. So I stopped jumping him after that event. And then um, oh, he trained up the Grand Prix really fast. <laughs> I showed him Grand Prix at seven. wasn't the quality we do now at the beginning, but it got better and better, thank heavens. Well, you've been described, Hilda, as earnest, as energetic and enthusiastic, but what would you perceive to be your greatest strengths and weaknesses? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's not a question I can answer. I'm a good worker. I'm tenacious. Tenacious indeed, absolutely. Well, what do you most value in life, Hilda? Oh, that that's a little too broad. I think in what we need to value in life is the fact that we're alive and we get to have the journey. Um, I've been, I'm really lucky I have a passion. I love horses. I love riding horses. And I love, I raise horses now, and I love watching the babies play and bringing them along and watching them get old. You don't enjoy watching them die or get lame, but that's all part of, you know, owning dogs and horses and cats, is you have to accept the life cycle. But one thing you do learn from the animals is that while you're alive, flaunt life and enjoy it and make the most of it, you get, you know, one chance. And I just feel really fortunate I have a passion. How do you overcome adversity? And you just keep plugging. <laughs> I'm sorry? I mean, it's always in life. You just plug along. There's always, in life, there's always adversity. It's what makes the good things meaningful. 
Absolutely. Well, you're known, of course, as a very established trainer, teacher, and someone who takes that very naturally and obviously enjoys it. But uh, what motivates you to invest in youth, Hilda? In youth? Yes. Well, each generation. I mean, anytime you're in... The only way love for a sport will continue is by the young coming up in the sport and it's it's same with the animals i mean we raise puppies and we raise the horses and you know it's only the way you have continuity in life life doesn't stop with my lifetime it's been going a long time before and hopefully a long time after unless we blow the world up with our nuclear bombs or something well, as an Olympic medalist um, of individual gold and team gold medals at the Pan Am Games, Hilda, what accomplishments are you most proud of? Oh, you know, I don't, I don't think of it that way. Um, I mean, I've been really, really lucky to be able to represent the country. And fortunately, I haven't let let anybody down too much. I mean, when you get, when you're on the team, your biggest responsibility is try to do the best you can for your country. And um, it's just an honor to be able to do that. So I've been lucky, fortunate to do that many, many times. And that brings you a lot of pride and satisfaction. Uh, Not one particular instance, perhaps, just... uh, basically the pride and honor of being able to do it. And I was lucky because it was my horses, mainly King, that let that happen. And it's not something I ever really predicted. It's certainly not something I would thought of would have happened. It just did happen. Mainly because I had a very willing and very wonderful horse. But Flag was wonderful, too, and I have some nice horses now that it's the magic of the horses that they want to please us so much. What gives you goosebumps? Watching a good dressage test. What and a- watching a horse really try for the rider, or even watching a good jumper that really tries for the rider. It's really, you know, the horses are magic, the fact that they will do so much for us. And they seem that the good ones enjoy the sport as much as we do. What would upset you? Oh, any kind of, kind of cruelty or distress. On a, you know, toward a horse or an animal or having a person that's injured or unhappy. You don't want to see sadness and harm and hurt and pain. Do, does anything intimidate you? Oh, a real rank horse will. <laughs> <laughs> or a dog, I mean, a vicious dog will. Yeah, you try to stay healthy. But I've been very fortunate. I Even now, I'm, I rode, what? 17 horses today already and I have one more I have to ride and I've been doing that my whole life and I've never been hurt or broken a bone riding a horse so I've been very fortunate Do you have a life motto Hilda that's helped you with you with your career? Um, a life motto? A life motto? Oh I don't, I've never thought of it quite that way but basically uh, while I'm alive i want to get make the most out of my life and in, and fulfill it and enjoy it and share my passions as much as possible 
so. And I really do want to keep horses in the future of eternity, if possible. They're such an incredible animal. I want to keep people interested in them that they will continue to have horses and work with horses and make that part of their lives. Would you say what you need and what you get in life today matches up? Oh, I've gotten a lot more in my life than I could have ever imagined. I could have gotten out of life. Mm. You know, youngest of five kids and a school teacher. Here I have a lovely farm and I have wonderful horses and I have some mares and foals. And right now I have two, one, one Grand Prix horse of my own, one almost Grand Prix horse of my own, and nice four-year-old, nice three-year-old, and a couple nice foals this year that I'm really happy with. And... uh a lot more than I ever thought. I would have a beautiful house and a lovely farm, and it's mine. What does does music and the arts play a part in your life at all, Hilda? You know, it did, and it doesn't now simply because to keep the farm and to keep my horses, I pretty much work every day, all day. I mean, my average work day is at least, at least 14 hours. So it doesn't leave much time for a lot of music anymore. But music was a big part of my life growing up because, as I say, I played the French horn and the piano, and I was in band and orchestra. And um, I find it really helps me with the freestyles, both judging them and making them up and writing them. I find music plays a big role there. And, of course, I listen to it always when I'm in the car. But um, I don't have time now for those if because I need to earn, you know, my way with the farm. Well, if you had time to read at the end of the day, what kind of books would be on your nightstand? Well, I do read at the end of every day. Um, I try to keep up with the news. I try to keep up. I have Scientific American, and I also like novels that have nothing to do with horses. And I do keep up with the horse magazines, too, as best I can, and the veterinary magazines. What entertains you and makes you laugh, Hilda? Oh, entertains me, makes me laugh. Oh, I don't know. Like mainly the animals, I guess, and watching. And people, I like people. And I'm going to ask you what I ask all my guests here on this inspirational people series, Hilda. At the end of the day, when you close your door, what matters most to you? Probably that the horses are safe for the night because my house is in the middle of the pastures. (laughs) I just want to make sure all the horses are safe. And then the dogs, of course. We have a lot of coyotes, but the dogs and cats live inside during the night. So the coyotes, just make sure everything's safe for the evening. Wonderful. Well, it's been a delight to talk to you, and I'm so pleased that you were able to spend this time with us and share your life, a little window on your life, Hilda. Thank you so much for coming on the show and being part of our Inspirational People series. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Uh, Thanks again to Hilda for being part of this series, which is running on all my shows this Thanksgiving week, with Jimmy Wofford on the Eventing Radio Show and Kathy Kushner on the Jumping Radio Show. Later this year, we will be offering this podcast 
on, on its own, the series will be standing a standalone podcast where you'll be able to listen to all the guests. So stay tuned for that a little bit later on in the year here on the Horse Radio Network. Well, that's about the show for this Thanksgiving week. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed all these inspirational people on all of the shows. And certainly Hilda Gurney is one of those people. So we hope you enjoyed that. Um, I'm, uh, as you can tell, I'm on my own this week. Next week, uh, we'll be back with uh, more co-hosts, more guests, of course, on the show. So we look forward to bringing you that. Until then, don't forget to check out all our show notes on uh, dressageradio.com or visit our Facebook fan page, um, which, of course, uh, has over a thousand members now. So we're really excited about the community we're building there. And also leave your comments for us on there for the uh, the, the quiz series that we're going to be starting here pretty soon. We're going to pair up riders with uh, listeners. So if you think uh, there's someone who should be part of that, just let me know. Send an email to me, chris at horseradionetwork.com or leave a voicemail, 270-803-0025, of course. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter too, Horse Radio and Chris E. Stafford. I also want to mention before we go, uh, my co-host uh, on the show last week, uh, Mary Lauritsen, those of you who follow her on Twitter and on Facebook will know that she took a fall from her horse after she recorded the show with me last week. And uh, she did actually fracture a couple of vertebrae, one in her neck and in her spine. And she's, been, she's home and she's wearing a collar. She's in very good spirits. So... Uh, we want to send our very best wishes to Mary and hope she gets a, has a very, very speedy recovery from that nasty fall. She fell off a young horse at home, apparently. So our best wishes to Mary. You can also leave comments for her on the Dressage Radio Show's fan page on Facebook. Well, that about wraps it up. Again, to, thanks to our sponsors and crew for turning the show around this Thanksgiving week. And to all of you in the U.S. or uh, overseas, American citizens overseas, who are celebrating Thanksgiving, a very, very happy Thanksgiving from me here at the Horse Radio Network. And uh, don't forget, I'll be back same time, same place next week, full of turkey, no doubt. So until then, don't forget to always practice safe riding. And thank you once again for listening to the Dressage Radio Show.